It's time. John Gruden's our guest, head coach of the Las Vegas Raiders. JT the Brick, great talking to you. Hope you're well, man. It's time. Well, you know how we want to play, JT. You know me probably better than anybody out there. It's time for the JT the Brick Show. We're going to play old school football. JT the Brick on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. Can't wait to play in that stadium and get this party started. You got no idea. Here's your host, JT the Brick. Okay, coach, great win in Pittsburgh. I want to talk about the resiliency the early start, the travel, what we talked about last week, and a physical game where you came out against a really tough team. We had success on the road last year, and I think a lot of it has to do with our schedule here. We're a morning, early morning operation to beat the heat. So when we go on the road and play these 10 a.m. West Coast body clock games, it's not a shock to your system. Our guys are up drinking coffee. They're ready to go around (laughs) 8 o'clock. I do think our schedule change helps us. And we also have a pretty good football team that understands that we need to go play good, especially when we go on the road. And that was the buy-in in in the offseason, too. Wasn't it a part of it? You talked about the attendance, everybody showing up, staying late, Derek working out in the park, everybody being on time, being reliable. I saw that in the fourth quarter. That game got physical. And the health of your team and the strength of your team really closed that game out. No doubt. And we had some newcomers show up. Solomon Thomas made his presence felt, two sacks. Peyton Barber stepped in, had a couple great runs at the end of the ball game to help us run out the clock. Um, Jermaine Illuminor stepping in at right guard. Brandon Parker's playing right tackle. So the depth on the team and just the team concept is helping us right now. The number one total offense, the number one passing offense, but I know you, you want to get this running game going. With the challenges of getting Josh healthy, the offensive line injuries, how big of a challenge is that going up against Miami? It's a big challenge because they don't want you to run the ball. These first three opponents, when you look at the film, they load the box. There's going to be an extra defender in there. The Dolphins have X Howard and they have Byron Jones, $20 million corners. And they're not afraid to put them on an island so they can load the box and stop the run. Uh, They are very stingy, an excellent defensive team. They lost their way a little bit last week on offense, but they're talented as any team we've seen this year. It's going to be a fist fight. It's going to be a tough one. Let's stay with those corners. What are they great at? Bump and run? Are they physical? They catch up on a ball? And they're ball hawks. They love to jump routes. Well, Howard had 10 picks last year. And when you play press coverage and can play the ball, from the blind spot. You're covering your guy. Now the ball's in the air. You find it and find a way to intercept. This guy's special, and he's big. He's very strong. He's an old-school Raider corner. He'd make Willie Brown. <laughs> he'd make Lester Hayes excited. That's how they played. Uh, and Byron Jones, a pure technician, he's played corner, safety, nickel. He's done it all with the Cowboys. He was the prize free agent acquisition of the league two years ago. They're very confident, very poised, and they're very talented playing press man-to-man coverage. It's amazing. The media now is talking about Casey Hayward. Now Casey Hayward shows up. He's turning on the ball. He's a smart player, physical. What have you seen with him, not only on the field practice, but especially in the meeting rooms? What type of leader is he? Well, he's the same thing every day. He's a flatliner. You know, he's, he, he doesn't get really excited. He doesn't get really upset. He's really to the book. Every day, he's poised. He's very confident. He was a great corner for the Chargers. Yeah. He was an outstanding nickel corner for the Packers. Uh, that's why we brought him here. We wanted that skill level on our team, but he's also brought us some leadership. He's helped Damon Arnett, Trayvon Mullen, and Nate Hobbs, our rookie corners as well. Yeah, I wanted to stay with Mullen for a second and what he's learned. Talk about his physicality and his athletic ability. He showed up in Pittsburgh. Well, he has the traits 
that Al Davis would have liked. He's like X Howard and Byron Jones. He has the physical traits to be a shutdown corner. He has great length. He's, he's long and he's tall and he's talented. And I think now he's getting some confidence and he's staying healthy and he's playing in a system, I think, that he clearly understands it benefits him. Miami had an uncharacteristic loss, a bad loss against Buffalo, but I remind everyone how they looked in Foxborough against Belichick and New England and what they did last year. So this is a team that's coming in hungry. They're upset. I'm sure Coach Flores is going to have them ready to go. This is a big moment for them to bounce back after a really tough loss at home. No, they will bounce back. We know they're going to bounce back and play a terrific game. And uh, we understand the mindset uh, that they're under. That's the mindset that every team in this league is. It's pro football. You're going to have bumps in the road. They hit a bump last week. They lost their quarterback. They missed a run fit early. They gave up a 60-yard touchdown. Things didn't go right for them. Uh, but I'm sure Coach Flores is going to have them ready to play. they got too many good players and too many good coaches. You love talking about the rivalry last week with Pittsburgh. Yeah, how about this one? Now about this one. So let's go to Don Shula, Coach Madden, Don Shula, Coach Flores, Don Shula, Coach Shell. I mean, he's coached against everyone in Raider history. He knew Al Davis well. Talk about the rivalry and your 2000 win in the divisional round. You're a part of this. No doubt. And some of the most disappointing losses I've had have been against Miami. Look at last year's game. Yeah. Uh, that still sticks in my crawl. But I yelled at George Atkinson down the <laughs> hall today. I said, hey, Larry Zonka just called. He never liked you, George. <laughs> but some of the players, some of the big games, the Sea of Hands, uh, Greasy, Stabler, Lamonic, all the guys you mentioned, uh, those, are, those are as memorable games as you'll, you'll ever see. Paul Warfield running through our secondary. And uh, it was uh, it's great to be a part of this rivalry. It is a big rivalry. And, Coach, I want to wrap it up on a somber note. Raider Nation lost one of their all-time greatest fans. Black Hole Rob Rivera was the co-founder of the Black Hole, die-hard Raider fan, cared a lot about the Raiders like you do, thought a lot of you. I talked to him late night about you all the time. When the Raiders lose someone in their family, it's a big deal. They lost someone really big with Black Hole Rob. The originator, you know, he did it not only locally, he did it globally. I mean, he had 25 or 30 different chapters of Raider Nation around the country. He was always the same. He was always 100% committed, uh, loyal fan, great energy and creativity. And uh, the best goes out to his family. And we're certainly praying for all the Riveras at this time. He was a good man. One more on that. It means a lot to them when you come see him. You saw him at Ricky's back in the day. You see him in the end zone <laughs> after a game. What does that mean to you after a win when you're able to lock into the black hole area and run and spend a few moments with those fans? Well, that's one of the reasons I'm here. Those are uh, some of the most... Uh, interesting people I have ever met. And when I get done coaching, uh, when, when I'm done with this business, I'm going to sit in a black hole with them, have some fun. They, they know how to root a team on. And um, I just want to keep delivering. I hope our team is ready to roll and we go out and give them, give them something to cheer for this week for Rob and his family. Good luck against the Dolphins, Coach. All right, thank you. Carr takes a, a snap from the gun. Pump fake, going to go deep down the middle. Got it, Ruggs! Grabs it! Jackpot, baby! Henry Ruggs goes the distance. One of my great friends, one of my mentors, one of the greatest sports talk hosts of all time, Mike North in Chicago as the Bears are making quarterback news. How are you, Mike? 
I'm doing good, and they always make quarterback news, whether it's good or bad, JT. Mike, you nailed it. The, the Trubisky conversations we've had, when you saw the good in them, then we talked about Nagy. When was he going to make that move? Because I thought Justin Fields would be ready to play by the Raider game in a couple of weeks. But walk me through the body language of Nagy, making the decision, the red rifle Andy Dalton, and now this quarterback change because – the coach is fighting for his job. He's got to make a quarterback change, injury or not, right? Well, he didn't want to when Dalton was playing good. I mean, Dalton played good until he got hurt, but that's the problem. Trubisky, 29-21, uh, uh, they got rid of him. Uh, it's not the first time I see Jared uh, Goff playing for the Detroit Lions. He led a team to a Super Bowl. I hear about your guy, Derek Carr, uh, before this season. He was a bum. All of a sudden, he's 2-0. and If the media is against you, whether it's Trubisky, Goff, or Carr, what those guys got to do is then produce. But in the meantime, you push the guy out of town, and now you got Andy Dalton, who gets hurt, and Justin Fields, who, like every other rookie quarterback this year, outside of Mac Jones, who's been somewhat successful, mm-hmm. their numbers are not good. He's not ready to play. Uh, he threw a horrible interception last week. If he would have had, if Trubisky would have had the game that he had, he'd be packing his bags today. Uh, they believe more in Dalton. They did say today, Nagy did say that if. Uh, you know, Dalton, when Dalton's ready to play, he'll be back to be the starter again. He's got to win, and he can't win with Justin Fields right now, JT. He's just too green. He can't read defenses. Uh, he does not have uh, – Darnell Mooney, one of our receivers, couldn't have even made Ohio State's roster. So wow. he played. Well, yeah. I'm just saying. Yeah. I mean, look, at every Ohio State receiver is open by 10 yards last year. You know, this is a different ball game, And uh, when you – Fumbled twice, throw an interception, and you had the second uh, uh, to last worst quarterback performance of all the first and second year quarterbacks with a 27 rating. It's not looking promising against Cleveland. Mike North joins us. You know, Mike, I'm more fascinated with the media perspective from your mm-hmm. old-time school Aussie interview, which is legendary, mm-hmm. to your relationship with Reinsdorf, Michael Jordan. When you see when you see the Wolves at the door, the media starts to pivot and goes after the GM or the coach. You're as good as anybody is seeing that at a national level, but better than anybody who's ever lived in Chicago. What does the local media think of Matt Nagy now with the decisions? What's his body language look like? Like in these press conferences, because the Packers don't look really that good. They got to win. They're tied there. Minnesota's helping the Bears as they can't win a game, and they're 0-2. What's the media thinking of the coach and the GM? Well, the media is the one that helped uh, the Bears decide to give uh, <laughs> yes. you know Fields uh, this uh, opportunity. When Nagy yes said yesterday that Dalton's always going to be the starter to begin with because of the scheme, nobody knew what he was talking about. Then today they come out and say that uh, Dalton's not healthy and, uh, you know, Fields will be the quarterback. This is the last thing that Nagy wanted. He's painted himself in the corner. My preference would have been uh, last year if they signed Trubisky to his fifth season, draft Fields, because you can do that. I mean, if the Green Bay Packers did it to Aaron Rodgers with Jordan Love, why couldn't you keep Trubisky for the fifth year? Because Nagy damaged that relationship. They couldn't get another quarterback to come there because most of the quarterbacks in the league, I believe, love Nagy. I mean, love 
uh, Trubisky mm-hmm. and know what happened to him. So they had to actually promise Andy Dalton that he'd be the starter before camp even started. Now, that even that wasn't the situation in Dallas with Dalton last year. Dalton thought he was on the ropes. He ends up getting $10 million and gets a starting job automatically given to him. Now, he gets hurt, and you got Fields now quarterbacking who's not ready. If you're naggy, you're praying to God that the bruised leg of Dalton gets better quickly. And, you know, the Bears' defense played great last week, but they're one of those defenses – if you know they had three interceptions in a row against uh, Burroughs, which mm-hmm. is great, but if they don't get the turnovers, they're finished because they're a bend not break. And when you play a team like Cleveland, if Baker Mayfield or whoever's going to play can keep the ball out of their hands, I think Cleveland's got an excellent chance to win, especially with a quarterback that's only playing in his second game and in his first start back in you know the Cleveland area. The legend Mike North joins us. Mike, but one thing I got to push back on, Trevor Lawrence looks terrible. Zach Wilson had four interceptions right. on what was it, 10 passes. And, all and Cam Newton, I thought, would start, let alone be the backup. They ran him out of New England to give Mac Jones to start. I just think that Justin Fields, you got to treat this season like it's Troy Aikman's first year and Peyton Manning when they were oh, terrible agree. and running for oh. their lives. But hope that oh, this I guy agree. has some flash that- moments. I think Wilson's going to be a bust. Mm-hmm. Oh, you I do? Think, I think I, I definitely called that before the season. I mean, he, I think he's going to be a bust. Trevor Lawrence, we don't know what's going to happen to him. I'm not saying you don't try fields. What's scary about what you just brought up? Out of all what you brought up, Fields had the worst game according to whatever ratings they go by. And I, I'm with you, Zach Wilson. He threw for some yards, but you can't turn the ball over four times. Every quarterback that's been a first pick or a first-round uh, pick, has fallen on his face. Even Jones's game with 128 yards was a pedestrian game last week. Mike, how are you gambling now the first couple of weeks when you see all these injuries? What's working? I saw all the primetime games 6-0 and over the total. So a lot of gamblers out here in Vegas – you know, they're not diving into injuries. They don't look at it that closely. They're just going, hey, it's Monday night, it's Thursday night, it's Sunday night. I'll just take the over. I'll take the total and go over. And they've been rewarded mm-hmm. that way. And then, you know, weather's not playing a big factor here early on. But as you've talked about brilliantly, the young quarterbacks are surely playing poorly, maybe throwing some of these games away. What are you doing with your clients and friends? How are you looking at this season from a gambling perspective? Well, to be honest with you, like on my uh, ESPN show, uh, so far uh, this season, I have a three and five record. Now, last year I started out slower than that, and I ended up at 64 percent. What I guess I'm trying to say is that things will turn around; those overs will become unders eventually. You're right. There's no defense being played anymore for the most part. Um, I had Baltimore on Sunday night. Uh, the kid looked tremendous, uh, but then on Monday, Vegas decided, okay, we took a lot of the clients' money. I believe this happens. Let's Let's, you know, most of the public probably dialed up Green Bay and won a lot of money back. I know it was a public win last night in baseball. So they got a lot of their money back. But you know what? It's very tough because of one thing. There's no way Tom Brady at 44 years of age in 1950, 1960, 1970, 1980, 1990, and maybe early 2000, makes a boisterous comment that I'm going to play till I'm 50 years old. 
No quarterbacks were able to do that when rules were enforced, where hitting was enforced, where you didn't get penalties for ta- taunting, when the game was Neanderthal-like. So mm-hmm. I believe, and this is why Tom Brady threw five intercepts, five touchdowns last week. That would have never happened in the 80s or 90s. You were done by the time you were 44. I don't care how special you are. So I really believe in this day and age, uh, JT, where Nick Saban, who even he said, you know, I started out thinking defense was the way, but now I know we got to score 35 to 40 points. He's even changed his philosophy. Defense used to win championships. Now it's offense. Just don't turn over the ball and try to bend in that break on defense. Mike North, as we wrap it up, Mike, I want to get a couple of leans from you, just opinions in general with a couple of games. First off, out west, and I've been talking about this, no one else is, there's a love affair with the Chargers. A couple of national radio shows, Chargers are sending gift baskets and, and donuts in the morning to get them on the radio. Chargers are a good team. Chargers are a good team, but everybody forgets the Raiders. The Raiders were better than the Chargers last year and Denver. And now I look at the Chargers after to Dallas ripped their guts out. Char- Chargers could be two and two, uh, two and zero. Oh. They're one and one. They go into Kansas City. Line opened up Kansas City minus eight. Now it's down to six and a half. I think the Chargers are a live dog in that game. Kansas City made mistakes at Baltimore on Sunday night. You leaning towards Kansas City or the Chargers here? It's a big divisional game out west. You know, I got to tell you something, Patrick Mahomes. People don't even realize this that he led the league in uh, interceptions dropped last year, 19. That's Now, you may think that's a high number, but basically when you play 16-game season, it's 1.1 throws per game. Okay, we saw him last week. I'm with you. Uh, there are one, and ladies and gentlemen, me and JT don't script anything. I, he, does, he says, Mike, throw me a nugget. <laughs> How about being 1-11 ATS in your last 12 games yeah. for the Kansas City Chiefs? I mean, that's something you got to consider. They're not – I mean, look at the game last week. I mean, it was disastrous, uh, you know, uh, for them. So, you know, Patrick Mahomes uh, is a hell of a quarterback. Don't ever get me wrong. But uh, he, uh, some breaks went his way. He still got beat by a 43-year-old man last year. It's going to be interesting. But you know what? When everybody starts thinking – that Kansas City's never going to cover again. You know what happens, JT. They end up covering. So I'd lean that way. Last one. I love your perspective on Rodgers. The yoga cleanse, the man bun, the the third starlet fiance. He looks like he has a tent on Venice Beach. He does. And he threw four touchdowns (laughs) against the Lions because they destroyed the Lions. They don't play well recently out west. I mean, they're awful out west. He's from the Bay Area. They're playing San Francisco. Line opened up Niners minus two and a half. Now it's three in the hook. It's three and a half. It's Jimmy G, Jimmy Garoppolo versus Aaron Rodgers. Isn't this a monster opportunity for Green Bay to flex their muscles in the NFC saying we're back and we can beat maybe the toughest team in football in their house? When Jimmy G doesn't start, the San Francisco 49ers are ordinary. When he does start, they're 26 and 7. Mm. And they're going out to the West Coast and you're playing a better football team. Green Bay does not have... I mean, they still have playmakers, and I love Aaron Rodgers. But isn't this an opportunity for Jimmy G to go 3-0? and I mean, I looked at the over-under for them, JT, and it was 10-and-a-half. I said, there's no way San Francisco 
is an 11-win, 12-win football team. They are if Jimmy G's a quarterback, uh, is the quarterback of the team. And I'm not taking anything away from Aaron Rodgers, but I, I, I think they're not going to be playing Detroit this week. And by the way, let me just give Detroit credit for one thing. I've been watching Detroit. We all have you and I for years. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's the first time they have a pulse. I like their coach. I like Spielman up there in the front office. I like the fact that they're accountable. I like their quarterback. They need some playmakers. But, you know, they did hang with Green Bay for a half, and that never used to be the case. And then they, they the talent took over. I like San Francisco. You're the best. Every two weeks we have you on. We want to know what the trends are, what's happening, what's happening in sports in general. Great to talk to you, Mike. You're the best, JT. The JT The Brick Show is brought to you by the Henderson Hyundai Superstore on Boulder Highway in Henderson. Why pay more? They have the super deal you're looking for. Chris Myers, one of my favorite broadcasters in the history of sports, and his career keeps getting better and better, plus podcast interviews. As a matter of fact, we'll begin, Chris, with the interview with Charles Barkley coming up, an hour-long, unedited conversation. Good to talk to you. Let's start off talking about this. <laughs> well, yeah, Barkley's always fun. And I, I go back to, you know, in the 90s, hosting up close with him and then hanging out with him and, and becoming friends over the years. And so, obviously, the audience has seen him turn into this uh, outstanding uh, TV broadcaster, whether you agree with him or not. So we took an hour. Uh, it'll be on a Friday night on, on Marquee Sports Network. And if you don't have that, uh, then at chrismyersports.com or a Chris Myers YouTube channel. And thanks for allowing me to, to plug it because it's a, there we can have the, the raw version where he, there's some language that he uses referencing Bobby Knight and the Dream Team and Michael Jordan and LeBron and talks about retirement. But I but also, you know, we, we, we talk about the Laker team this year and some, some of the greats and, and Ben Simmons. But, but I also asked him, uh, JT, and I think people could appreciate this about, uh, and we had more time to do this, and that's why it's raw and it's uncut, and at least in the, in the version on YouTube and, and on, uh, on the ChrisMeyerSports.com, is because I asked him about being you know, a girl dad and the challenges of that when his daughter was dating and how he handled those kinds. About gambling, we, we talked about gambling. We talked about cancel culture. Uh, and, he, you know, he talked about two retirement. Uh, not too far away from doing that gives us, gives us reason why. And there's some fun stuff in there as, as well. So I, I hope people check it out because you, you hear Barkley often and you see his comments and that type of thing. But I think you'll really get to know the real Charles Barkley. You may think you know him, but this will be another version of, uh, of the real Charles Barkley at this stage of his of his life that he's very reflective on on aging and his health and and uh, and some other interesting things chris myers let's stay with that because you've been broadcasting a while and you've seen athletes get into broadcasting some last and then you see someone like charles who ends up being one of the most successful sports broadcasters emmy award winners winners in the history yep. of a genre you saw a new john john madden who's still with us tony romo's right. doing it now on cbs peyton and eli or doing that Monday yes. night football thing, which I think is fantastic. So when you think of all these athletes that try to get in to your industry as broadcasting, I know you root for them because it's hard. Yeah, and there's different layers. Of, boy, I, I love the Manning. Uh, that, that show is outstanding. It really gives you a different view of Monday night football. I think what makes it work, their personalities, but also the fact that you have a choice of watching a, 
uh, we'll just call it a straightforward NFL broadcast or, you, you know, the entertainment side where they're still doing the game, but having some fun. And yet, you know, think about Troy Aikman. That was one of my first assignments uh, in the draft room when the Cowboys with Jimmy Johnson drafted this quarterback out of UCLA, number one overall. So you cover him through his entire career, JT, as a football player, an NFL player. Even in college, I covered him a little bit at UCLA. And then, and then of course, 20 years of calling Super Bowls in the NFL on Fox. But Barkley's so unique in that. And I, and I ask him about this. I talked to this uh, about uh, the, the cancel culture and just how he can get away uh, JT and I have my own theory, but he can get away with saying some things and, and, and his honest opinion that other people can't get away uh, with, with saying it. And I think mm-hmm. a lot of it is because who he is and how honest he is. But I could tell even as a player in his career winding down that he was going to be outstanding in terms of an interview. And I didn't know he'd want to take it to a broadcast level and turn it into the kind of career and the commercials and that type of thing that his personality is just so, so raw and, and, and real. And, and that's one of the things that, uh, you know, he, he, he's even reflective on and that that's, he has to be who he is. And if people don't like it, that's, that's, that's their fault. And if they want to fire me, fire me. I mean, that's the, that's still his attitude of how he is. Chris Myers from the NFL on Fox. So you called the Panthers 26-3 victory over the Saints in Week 2. Everybody went nuts when Jameis Winston had that first game. Some people realized that they might come back a little bit. And then Sam Darnold, McCaffrey, and what's working now with Carolina? What's your takeaway from Jameis in that game and what we should be looking forward to as we watch the Panthers to see if they're a real playoff contender? Yeah, well, Jameis, I think, showed some positive signs, but He's never gone in his career back-to-back games without throwing a, an interception. And, and he did in that first game against Green Bay, and here he threw two. Now, to, his, to, to help him out on this, Alvin Kamara didn't, didn't have a very good game. That Panther defense was, was outstanding, and I think they're only going to be better. Uh, but, but Jameis Winston, I, I, just, I don't even know that a, that a quarterback guru like Sean Payton slash head coach play caller uh, can, can change uh, who Jameis Winston is. The biggest thing about Winston, by the way, too, he had LASIK surgery after he left the Buccaneers, and he was—he admitted. He said, I, I, couldn't, I couldn't read street signs very well. I, I couldn't even see the, the play clock sometimes on the field. And so he, he, he kept denying that and finally had the LASIK. So that has helped him in New Orleans, but he has to make better decisions, and I think he's still wrestling with that. So uh, not that they're going to switch back and forth with Taysom Hill. They don't, they don't have their quarterback. In fact, you know, the latest with Peyton is Ian Book, who they drafted out of Notre Dame, who's down the depth chart. He may be their future quarterback in, in, in a few years. So, so they've, they've got some issues. Their defense, too, went healthy, and they weren't on Sunday missing three or four starters, and they had some coaches out with, with COVID. But their defense is going to be very, very good. Uh, in that in that uh, NFC South division, where Carolina has gone out, they drafted J.C. Horn, top ten corner, who's outstanding, uh, son of Joe Horn, the former Saint, and then they they added Daquan Jones and they added Morgan Fox from the Rams, and Jones from the Titans, so winning programs, and I think they're really building something there. And on the other side, you've got my healthy McCaffrey. He only played three games last year, and, and then you have Darnold, who is uh, I, I had a chance to talk with him. He's much more comfortable. He doesn't have to do it all, be it all in this situation. Situation. That's not what they want from him. They want a steady hand, and when they need some big games, hopefully he'll be there to provide. So the Panther defense is for real. I think the question mark about them is where, you know, how, how explosive can their offense be? Chris Myers joins us, NFL on Fox. You know, I'm in Vegas where the Raiders are off to a 2 0 start. Derek Carr leads the league in passing. I find it amazing. You've known John Gruden a long, long time, and people question his ability to coach. I think he's a fantastic coach. If you question his personnel and the power that he has as a guy who can pick players and have a lot of say in an organization, that's a different topic. But this guy's coached and written up and 
drew up a lot of plays, and he has a lot of mentor uh, play, uh, coaches that he mentored in the league, like Sean McVay, Mike Tomlin, a lot of other coaches that look up to him. What do you think of the Raiders' start behind Carr with all the injuries they have? And they got the Dolphins coming up Sunday in Vegas. Yeah, that's a game they should win, especially with Tua out. Even if he was in, I still don't like that. The Dolphins set themselves back drafting him instead of Herbert, not only because of where he played quarterback in terms of an NFL transition, but because of his injury history. And that's unfortunate for him. But I, I agree with you on, on Gruden. I, I never doubted it. Covered him a lot in Tampa. Uh, the personnel stuff, yeah, that was a little different. But coaching and the coaches around him and his passion and the way he dealt with, with players and, and bringing out the emotion in them so they could play their best, uh, that's never that, you know that's never been in question. We're seeing good signs of that now. And, they, and I, I think Carr, you, you mentioned the numbers. I mean, I, that game, uh, the Monday night performance uh, a week ago, w- was absolutely incredible. I've always been a fan of his. I'm glad that things are coming to fruition for him. And, and you know, the South, whether Groot really wanted him as his guy or whatever, but they're there. They're on the same page now. And I think the Raiders are a little bit of a surprise. I think the thing that jumps out of EJT and you would know more than me about, because I haven't covered him this year, but that their defense has, has mm-hmm. been able to do some of the things that it's been able to do because they were really a shaky group uh, in the last year or so. And that's obviously not Gruden's side of the ball, but as the head coach, you, you live and die with your entire team. But um, I, I think this is a fun, a fun team to watch, unfortunately, in a division with you know, Sandy uh, with the Chargers, excuse me, and of course the, the Kansas City Chiefs. But, hey, uh, they're off to a great start, and I think they will be 3-0. Chris, finally, I know you have Buffalo hosting Washington. Interesting spot for Washington. Giants beat them. Giants beat them, and they jumped off sides on a missed field goal, which to me is, with all the insanity we've seen so far, that could be the play that changes everything. The Giants could have been 1-1, one and one, uh, had an extra nine days off to stabilize their season. Washington got that win after they opened up at home and lost to the Chargers. And I picked Buffalo to win the Super Bowl. That's my Super Bowl pick this year. And Big Ben, it was a special teams play, but the Steelers stormed back. And Buffalo didn't look sharp in that first game. They destroyed Miami. This is a very intriguing game to me. Buffalo is more than a touchdown favorite. Washington has this incredible defensive line. Josh Allen's got to have his head on a swivel because Chase Young's coming for him. Yes, and, and I uh, watch – actually, these are two of the better defenses in all the football. I'm with you on Buffalo. The AFC I, – I had a Browns-Bills uh, AFC championship game in my, my early uh, prediction. But I still think going back to what you were talking about with the Giants and the NFC East, Dallas kind of bounced back in a, in a crazy game with penalties against the Chargers. And, and obviously the Eagles came back to reality. They're going to play Dallas you know, next Monday night. But I still see the NFC East as maybe not as bad as last year in terms of the record. Uh, but, JT, there's a lot of shakiness there. I think eight and eight, nine, you know, nine wins. Of course, we have the, the, you know, the extra game this year, 17-game season, 18 weeks. I, I don't see it needing to do much in that division to win it. So it could be Dallas this time as long as Dak is healthy. But Heineke, without, without Ryan Fitzpatrick, and look, the, Washington was considering taking a quarterback at their pick. I mean, they could have gotten Fields or Mac Jones if they if they wanted to, and, and they didn't go that route. Uh, but but they have, you know, they thought they had the guy in Fitzpatrick to run things for Ron Rivera. So it's a very important game for for both of these teams because I don't I think they both thought they would be two and zero at this point. Instead, they're they're one and one. But Buffalo will find their way. Buffalo needs to be able to run the ball a little more successfully and have some balance, and not just with with Josh Allen. I think that's their their offensive issue and defensively they, they had the good pass rush working last week 
and they've drafted in that area. They're fine at the, at the, at the linebacker and secondary spot, the way they play defense. They, they need their defensive line, their pass rushers, to play big uh, the way Washington's uh, has. And, and I, I think that they'll be fine once the year goes along. You have duties with the NFL on Fox. I have a job Sunday with the Raiders. We're going to miss NASCAR in Vegas. The playoffs. Yes. I mean, this I is a big – I, I want to peel myself <laughs> and go to the track. I can't do it on Sunday. Uh, on the way out, NASCAR, Vegas, this playoffs. It's really getting exciting what we're seeing in that sport. Yeah, and I and I really appreciate that you're uh, – since you're Daytona 500 going there in person, that you are such a, a NASCAR fan. Uh, fans had some – and Bristol brings it out in you, the, the Kevin Harvick, Chase Elliott. I mean, mm-hmm. some just, you know, honest, raw – you talk about – fiery tempers that will show up again in the playoffs or when there's a chance for revenge. They always say, I'm over it, but there'll be an opportunity. I'm excited too, JT, that uh, Fox will have the race before the clash, before the Daytona 500, the Sunday before the Super Bowl at the Los Angeles Memorial Coliseum. They're going to they're gonna tear up the, the, the field, put asphalt down, have a short track race, uh, 65,000. And and Super Bowl obviously people will be in town early for the for the Super Bowl in mm-hmm. Los Angeles and then and then the week after the Super Bowl is the Daytona 500 they go out to Daytona and they'll have the new next gen car so whoever ends up uh, winning the playoffs and the, and the championship this year uh, will have an interesting way to start uh, next season when they race for the first time ever NASCAR at the uh, Los Angeles Memorial Coliseum where the USC football Trojans play so it, 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 there's a lot to look forward to for uh, NASCAR winding down their season and then starting up in the place where the Super Bowl will be. Follow Chris Myers on Instagram, on Twitter, the underscore Chris Myers and ChrisMyersSports.com. Good to talk to you, Chris. Best to the family. I'll see you soon. All right. You take care. It's always a pleasure, JT. Enjoy. Going to throw. Backs it up. Fires right side. He got Waller. Got Waller across midfield. First down Raiders at the 44-yard line. A big play by Derek Carr and Darren Waller. Every week we talk to Lee Sterling from Paramount Sports, and he's kind enough to join us again. And, Lee, crazy what's happening in the NFL. Quarterbacks are going down left and right. Some teams don't want to pull the trigger on a Cam Newton or a veteran. They're going to go with some of these young guns. How difficult is it to handicap that, let alone the sports bettors out there, trying to, trying to get an angle on this? It's not easy after... The first week, everything, you know, was easy as far as picking who was going to play and for how long. I think it's a byproduct of starters just not playing enough during the preseason. I mean, when you and I were growing up, there were six preseason games. I mean, starting quarterbacks, they played at least a half in weeks three, four, and five in the preseason. So uh, we're going to keep seeing kids go down uh, if if that's what happens and they don't want to play them during the preseason. I cannot figure out all week long what's going on with this Notre Dame game with Wisconsin and Chicago. Chicago is Notre Dame. Everybody who works in a high-rise went to Notre Dame. The Notre Dame has money to travel, and the number's getting away, and they're ranked higher. What am I missing here? Let's go to your first game, Notre Dame-Wisconsin, Soldier Field in Chicago. Okay, first off, you got to talk about Jack Cohn. He's the Notre Dame quarterback. He was a starter two years ago for Wisconsin. So, you know, he's happy that the game's played at a neutral site, not back in Madison. He's been good so far. He's thrown for eight touchdowns, just two interceptions, completing almost 64% of his passes. The problem is their offensive line. So they return just one starter. They're averaging just 2.9 yards per carry, 115th in the country out of 130 teams. They've also surrendered 
14 sacks in three games. And if you think, well, they're winning with defense, that's why they're 3-0, not the case. 73rd against the run, 81st against the pass. So eventually what happens is numbers don't lie. Numbers eventually kept up. They catch up on you. So Wisconsin, not a great offense. They should have been leading that game against Penn State in the first half, 17-0. It was 0-0. But they do one thing well. They can play defense. Their defensive coordinator, former NFL great Jim Leonard, mm-hmm. two weeks to prepare for this game. They're ranked number two in the country here. Notre Dame is 3-0. and The numbers catch up with them here. Even last week when they won 27-13 against Purdue, Purdue's quarterback went out injured, Jack Blummer, and their top receiver, David Bell, here. Wisconsin by double digits, 27-16. And real quick follow-up, the total move from 47.5 to 45. I see 46, 46.5. The weather shouldn't be an issue, no snow and all of that there. But, man, you think the numbers catch up to Notre Dame. There's a team playing for the playoffs and trying to go undefeated. That's a strong pick. There's almost no chance to make the playoffs. Just look at the talent level. They don't dominate in the trenches anymore. And then also – you know, when you face eight teams on your schedule that have a bye before they play you, like Wisconsin does, uh, they're going to come up with some pretty good defensive schemes to shut you down. Lee Sterling, Paramount Sports. Go to ParamountSports.com. Go to ParamountSports.com. See his track record, how reliable he is. He's transparent with everything. That's why he's on with me every week. Wow, this is a good one you're giving us here now. San Francisco, Green Bay. If Aaron Rodgers doesn't have this game circled, he's been an utter embarrassment out West. He's from the Bay Area. He hasn't performed there well. The line opened up 49ers minus 2.5. Now we'll play it here. Uh, Minus 3 with San Francisco. To me, San Francisco not having Mosert. They lose a great corner. And Green Bay bounced back. But I know it was against Detroit. If they don't have this game circled and if Green Bay doesn't show up, I'm counting Green Bay out. They can't win it out west against the Chargers. They can't win in Santa Clara. How do you see this game? Well, I don't think they're going to win again, and here's why. They got lucky last year when they faced San Francisco. San Francisco had nothing left. So now they don't face Nick Mullins. They're going to face a pretty strong team that is going to have their quarterback back. And, yeah, they're without running backs, but – Whoever plays running back, it's not a big deal. They'll play running back by committee. Uh, the defense, I think, will slow them down. Look at Green Bay. They just don't have an offensive line. Like I said, they ran some on Detroit. Detroit just isn't very good, and they have no pass rush. So if you don't control the line of scrimmage, you're not going to win many games here. And San Francisco's playing at home. I think they prevail 30-24. to 24. Wow, you're giving us another big game. Lee Sterling, ParamountSports.com. Let's go to Tom Brady in the game out west. With all these primetime games, I think this is the biggest game of all of them because of what it means long-term when it could be home field advantage in the postseason. Both the Rams and Tampa Bay will go to the playoffs. The line initially opened up Rams minus 2.5. Now I'm seeing a Tampa Bay minus 1, 1.5 at a couple of shops out here in Vegas. Talk to me about this one. Okay, so this this Rams defense, they lost. Rocker is one of the best pass rushers in the NFL, and also two top-end defensive backs, John Johnson and Troy Hill. I just don't think you can replace those guys. I know A.B.'s not playing, but how are they going to match up? Yeah, the Rams have one great cornerback, but the rest of the defensive backs just aren't up to standards. they got to card guys you know, that, that can make plays like Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, 
Scotty Miller will step in. Rob Gronkowski. So uh, Matt Stafford playing better than I would thought, but they have no running game here. In fact, the Bucks have held the Cowboys and the Falcons to a combined 115 rushing yards, just 3.3 yards per carry. If Daryl Henderson doesn't play in this game because of a rib injury, they're down to the third string back. I think they're going to pin their ears up back and come back after him. And Tampa Bay's got some really good rushers, pass rushers on the defensive line and linebacker position. Too many things have to go right for the Rams to win. I like Tampa Bay. They moved to 3-0, 34-27. What a big game Lee Sterling is giving us here at Paramount Sports, ParamountSports.com. Finally, game of the week here. Be careful. Be careful. You went against Raider Nation in Pittsburgh. <laughs> Pittsburgh and Raider Nation, they're 2-0. This is your backyard in Miami. Let me give yeah. you my play first. Yeah. I sat down with Gruden and uh, today, earlier today, and he takes it seriously. They beat him last year in Vegas. Really started the tailspin for the end of the Raiders in a playoff push. Raiders are banged up. Miami got, I went back and watched the tape of Miami. They didn't run to the football on defense. Shocking to me. Getting shut out is almost impossible in the modern day in the NFL. Miami got shut up, shut out at Buffalo. I think this is a trap game for the Raiders. I think this is a scary game for the Raiders. Tell us how we get this game because this is a payback game for the Raiders, and Miami has to show up in Vegas. Yeah, both teams, trust me, are showing up this week. Anyone wants to get the game, just call 800-400-9741. First 10 callers will get it for free. and. My most popular promotion all year is called my Baker's Dozen. 13 games from today all the way through Monday night, just $97. We've done, had some incredible finishes, some 11-2, and 12-1, and 10-3 records on these promotions. And I also love the card on Saturday night in the UFC. I'm going to give you that, too. So 13 games in football, seven selections in the UFC, $97. ParamountSports.com. That's a great value. You're a longtime friend of mine. That is an amazing value. Have a good weekend. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks, JT. The JT The Brick Show is brought to you by PTs the best happy hour in town and an official partner of the Vegas Golden Knights. JT, as we wrap up the week here, Raider Nation Radio 920. What a week. Very emotional week. Very big week. Uh, Rob Rivera passed away. We've spent a lot of time talking on that because Black Hole Rob deserves that. I know there's a lot of people coming to town. Black Hole has their pre-party, everyone who's having a tailgate, everybody who's going inside Allegiant Stadium. Do me a favor, uh, buy a beverage and toast Black Hole Rob. If you see someone with a Black Hole shirt on, walk up to him and say, hey, sorry about losing your brother, Rob Rivera. And again, the comments from John Gruden were very special and important to not only me, Raider Nation Radio, but especially to the Black Hole. So the game again, as we get ready to see what happens here, I think this is really the pivot game for the season early. John Gruden looks at the season in four games. Taught me that his first time around. Look and break up your season in four games. That's when we played 16 games. Now we play 17. But let's stay with that format. First four games when the schedule came out, what would you think? I thought two and two. 
because of the difficulty of the schedule. Just Pittsburgh and the Ravens alone, you're not thinking undefeated at that point, and the Raiders are, which is fabulous. It's outstanding that they're undefeated. But now Miami comes to town. And as I said, the, the franchise, the Raiders are focused on Miami. There's no letdown. They're not looking past. This isn't a team, you know, with two weeks to go in the regular season, already clinched a playoff spot. There's nothing like this. They have to win this game because this is one of the games they were supposed to win. Miami could become the first team ever in the history of the NFL in Vegas to go 2-0 at Allegiant Stadium. If they win, they become the first team ever to go undefeated 2-0 at Allegiant. And do the math. The Raiders haven't won a bunch of games at Allegiant Stadium. they got to beat Miami, and they got to crush Miami, and they got to play physical. I think the game's going to be close because I think Brian Flores coming off a loss of 35 to nothing will have his team. Flores is a heck of a coach. He will have his team ready. They have great corners. They play great on the back end. What have the Raiders been doing on defense? Solid pass rush, and they haven't been exposed on the back end. Jonathan Abram playing well. Casey Hayward playing really well. Uh, Trayvon Merrick hasn't been exposed yet on a big play downfield. So the Raiders have been secure on the back end. The Dolphins are better. They just have better players. Xavion Howard and what he can do, he's dangerous. They consider him, as Orlando Alzelgari told us yesterday, the big O, they consider Howard to be their primetime Deion Sanders, where he could have an interception or maybe two. So I'm going to look for that battle with Ruggs versus him, Carr looking to rent throw in the slot, whatever it's going to be. Obviously, we can't predict the running game until Josh Jacobs is back and healthy and completely healthy. So I say let Carr, let Carr continue to be Carr. Carr leads the league in passing yards. He cannot be slowed down now. Let Carr in the shotgun attack. Let him change the play. Let him go heavy to Waller. Rent throw underneath. Kenyon Drake out of the backfield. Whatever it is, the Raiders need a monster performance, and they got to be ahead late and put this game away with Carlson because I think Miami's tough, and they proved it last year. They're well coached. They have good players, and Jacoby Brissett might be a better option than Tua. Tua being ruled out earlier this week. Brissett's won games in this league. And we know that he knows what he's doing. He will not be intimidated by Allegiant Stadium. Thanks to Bobby Machado. Thanks to all of our partners as we continue to thank them, especially the new ones, Woodson Whiskey, a doghouse over at Resorts World. Try this weekend to get out to Resorts World, see Doghouse, so you can join us for Monday Night Football, Five Iron Golf, Sam and Ash from earlier today. Really appreciate their passion for the show and everybody else who listens. Uh, PT's, Wahoo's Fish Taco, all of our clients here. Remy Martin, team up for excellence. Come see me at the Torch Sunday. We'll be there for the pregame show. Tim Brown confirmed, Chris Matthews, Marcel Reese. We got a big pregame show from the Torch on Raider Nation Radio. I'm excited. Raider Nation, unite and go out and beat the Dolphins. Squish the fish. Have a good night, everybody. All right? Take care.